0: Cheers to Cheers. reuniting, man! I appreciate you coming on onto this podcast, first podcast. Yeah. Um, well, welcome to the sports shop. This is my first, my first podcast. Yeah, it's named after like kind of like a barber shop, you know, where we all talk shop and yeah, yeah. talk sports. Um, I just want to get the word out to some of these athletes that have no idea what it takes to, you know, make it to the next level. And obviously, you've done a hell of a job getting there. Hundred um, games now. Hundred games in the USL. Um that's a that's a great accomplishment. And obviously you being one of my best friends, I wanted you to come on first and <laughs> hang out again and just kind of just talk shop. And yeah. that's the that's the goal of this um podcast. Um so with that being said, first off, I need to get the unofficial sponsor, Modello. <laughs> Gotta have one every every podcast. Just plain Modello, not mm-hmm. Modello Gold. Mm-hmm. The best. Clean, crisp, quenches the thirst. Hopefully, get in a hopefully get a uh, sponsor sponsorship. Um, so first and foremost, I know some of the people are going to want to know who you are. Um, if they don't know, they're missing out on one of probably the best center backs. Um, definitely, I've played with, and I'm sure in the USL you've you've gotten a lot of recognition. Um, so tell the audience who Kyle Adams is. Um. So I'm just a pretty simple guy from uh,
1: New Zealand. Uh, i 25 years old. I uh, moved over to the United States when I was 18 and met Ernie. Literally, first couple of days I was here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just love going to the beach. Have a fiance, have a dog and a cat, and it's a little family, and it's not too much else. It's simple.
0: Do you remember the first time you came to San Diego? Like, do you remember like walking in and thinking like this is the greatest city on the planet, probably? Or were you just like?
1: so when i first i was 14 when i first came over and i came with my dad and my brother and we went to the zoo and then we went to gas lamp okay and tourist traps yeah (laughs) and we've been where else did we go um i think that's probably it but i loved it and then when my brother moved here uh we came over again a couple of times and i was like I'm living in Southern California and just happened to end up being in San Diego.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then, so originally, where are you from? So the audience knows. Obviously, the, the accent's probably going to give it away a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh,
1: from originally from New Zealand, um, Auckland. And so grew up there. lived in the same house my whole life. And um, my mom, and my dad, and my brother, my
0: older brother. So Okay. All right. And then... Um, going back, like obviously it's a it's a long time. I want to start from where you first started touching a soccer ball. Do you remember that first like that first feeling when you're like, I really love this sport, or were you kind of the kid that played multiple sports and just just loved just being outside? Is there is there a moment where you're like, I love this sport and this is the sport I want to play?
1: So my first soccer memory was my brother is six years older than me, and he was probably nine, so I would have been three, and it was pissing down rain. <laughs> And I was there just watching him. And I remember kicking a ball, but honestly, I played every sport possible to get out of school. I okay. didn't want to go to school in New Zealand. We have, like, sports days, so I would try to play on every sports team possible to not have to go to school. Mm-hmm. That was my – and then, like, because my brother was a player and my dad was a coach, so I just What's, kept the soccer. What
0: sports are in New Zealand that – like, I mean, did you have traditional basketball? Did you have So football? I was
1: basketball, netball, which is kind of like basketball. Uh, cricket, tennis, softball, cross-country, athletics,
0: volleyball, rugby, touch rugby. Oh like, I
1: played every, everything.
0: Dude. Wait, everything. first of all, cross-country. For those of you guys who don't know, <laughs> me and Kyle were the worst runners probably at San Diego State and probably in, yeah. in San Diego yeah. State history. Yeah. And you did cross-country. What was the distance you ran? Oh, it was only like 1.5 miles Oh, that's not bad. Not, that's not, it, was, not, that's dude, it was like
1: nine years old. I, okay. It wasn't even cross country. Okay, okay.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. But I, I mean, yeah. it kept you busy. Yeah. So, um, so, like, when was that moment where you were like, I need to give up these other sports? Because I know you said, like, it's sports day, you want to get out of school. But when was that moment where you you're like, I want to play soccer or football for the rest of my life? Like, that, that's you need to focus on that. Like, what was it, that moment? So,
1: I played basketball and tennis seriously. Once I got, like, 9, 10, 11, 12. And then just it was soccer and tennis. And there was, like, 14. I probably... I would say it was more, like, I wasn't good enough at tennis. Mm -hmm. And I realized, like, this is probably, like, not where my career is going to be. And I was was better at soccer, but I really enjoyed tennis. Okay. So it was hard for me to give that up. And I still play, like... Every time my parents come to visit, every time I see my brother, we'll go and play um, a quick set or just have a hit. But yeah, it was more that tennis wasn't going to be for me than soccer was for me at that point. Um, okay. Yeah.
0: And then, so obviously, you you were very ta- You you are very very talented in soccer. When did you like go? Because I know I know your history a little bit more. You went to Olay Football Academy. Yeah. Um, and that's where you really were serious competitive like environment and that's where you trained. Can you talk about a little bit about what the OLA Football Academy is what the environment was like and then how you developed there to be the player you are today.
1: So at OLA, I was just turned 17 when I went to OLA, and the way football works in New Zealand is it's not like club soccer over here like every club has a Semi-pro men's team. So you go from U five all the way up to U fifteen, U seventeen, U nineteen, the reserve team, and then the full men's team. So I went to Olay when I was seventeen, and that's a. It was a residential. I don't know if I'm talking to you or I'm talking to the camera. You, right, it's fine. <laughs> they're all going to be listening anyway, so it don't matter.
0: Um, and if they're not listening, they should be watching on YouTube. <laughs> um, so.
1: Residential Academy. We all, most of us, lived together. Some guys were based in Wellington. So, I grew up in Auckland, and Wellington was technically eight hours away. Um, so yeah, we would have one day off a week. We would train Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Thursday night, Friday afternoon, play Saturday, recovery Sunday, and then Monday off. So that was. Fifty weeks out of the year. Wow!
0: So we you... got,
1: we got a, probably ten days off at, in summertime around Christmas, and maybe three days off in the winter. So you're training like a pro. Yeah, that, that was a pro, it was a pro environment, and that's what led to my ultimate not liking college soccer.
0: Okay, all right. You know what I mean? Because yeah,
1: yeah, I yeah. grew up, I was in a pro environment, and then I came to the college soccer, which we'll get onto. But that was not a pro environment.
0: And then. I mean, how did you find yourself being, like, uh, the position you play is obviously center back. How did you find yourself? Did you ever want to be a forward? Did you ever want to be a midfielder? Or did you kind of think, like, hey, center back's my role. I love being, the, obviously, the one who protects the goal and, obviously, starts um, some of the different um, attacks and stuff. So what what are, you, what are your initial thoughts of the position you wanted to play? So did my, you always
1: know? my brother was a defender. He played left back. He played all across the back line. And then... So, like growing up, I don't know, it was like five aside, seven aside. I was just the defender. Okay. Or one of the two defenders. And I was, mm-hmm. was left footed, so I'd play on the left. And then when we got to 11 v 11, I'd play left. I played left back. I played left back until I was, uh, until I went to LA, and then they put me in center back then. And that's, I literally played center back a year before I came to San Diego State. A year before? Yeah, that's when I started playing at 17. Wow. But so I played, I played a little bit of holding midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, I was probably one of the best better passers in the team. So whenever, like, the, they needed a good passer in there, yeah. I would go play hold Field. midfield.
0: And it still sits with you today. I always yeah. see your <laughs> passing accuracy <is> like, 96% <laughs> in games and stuff. So That's it's, cool.
1: It's, it's easy when you have p- people around you to pass the ball to. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then how did, how did you find yourself, like, wanting to come to the U.S. and play college soccer? Like, I know most uh, Europeans, most, like, South Americans, they always wanted to play pro. Um, how did you find yourself wanting to come to the U.S. And, and pick college soccer over the professional environment?
1: First of all, my mom said she would not support me if I went pro right away. And second of all, New Zealand doesn't have a lot of uh, opportunities to move up. And because I didn't have a European passport at the time, um, they, the academy that I was at, O.A., was run mainly by Americans at the time. So, their whole goal and, like, outlook on putting players in better environments was to send them to college. Okay. So, Ben, not Ben, um, Nate, who's the CEO, was the CEO of Ole at the time, he was close with Lev, the coach of San Diego State. And that kind of started that connection for me.
0: So was it only San Diego State that was on the off like on the table or were you looking at elsewhere? Were you did you even know about different college soccer programs before you came over?
1: The way Olay worked, they had like placement people, kind okay. of. And you would pick your 20, 25 schools and then you kinda of send them resumes, film. Um, and I was lucky because of my brother who lives here, he Put me in contact with a surf coach at the time, so I came over and guest played for surf in the surf cup, and we visited a few schools. and um, I actually had an offer to go to Cal Poly, and slower. Yeah, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. I went up there. really enjoyed it. Um, loved the co- what the coach was trying to do. And the day before I went to commit, he got fired.
0: What was his name? Po- I think I was Paul Holika.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he I maybe did some things that weren't legal NCAA wise at the time but soccer wise was really good and yeah. it's still really good
0: yeah um I played with his son in uh ODP Luke he was an ODP yeah, he was yeah, an ODP yeah. coach yeah, as yeah. well yeah he worked with Cody a lot um
1: so yeah so, um and then it was Santa Barbara had a little bit of interest but Lev was Lev came in after that Cal Poly broke down and um said would love to get you over right away and We'll take you on in, December, uh, in January, starting the spring. So,
0: okay. And then, was there any like top school like before you even had those connections? Was there ever a school that you were like, "That's my dream school. I want to go UCLA. live there." You "I think that's like every." Well, it is young because athlete. so
1: I came when me and my dad came to visit one of the times I was like fourteen. We went to a UCLA basketball game. Oh, okay. And oh, I was yeah, like, I want to go, go to UCLA. <laughs> like, this is my school. And my dad still keeps the UCLA Bruins hat that I bought that night. Really? Even though San Diego State and UCLA are rivals.
0: Yeah, wow. Yeah, he still keeps it. It was uh, For me, it was UCLA, and then I would have loved to go to Santa Barbara, yeah. UC Santa Barbara, yeah. but it didn't work out. Um, that's cool, man. I mean, for me, it's I know everyone wants to be a pro, 16, 17-year-old, making millions of dollars, but you never really hear about these academies pushing the college route and, yeah. and and placing you there I mean now it's a little bit more recognized because I think college soccer is changing a little bit um, I know we have our opinions on, on the game but a lot of people want to come to the states and yeah. obviously get an education but it, I mean play in an environment where they can get drafted in the MLS and obviously get their education paid for it at the same time school. Yeah. cool um, so obviously you played four years at San Diego State uh, three, years. three years sorry I, I keep forgetting you came in the spring um, three years at San Diego State um, just talk about briefly about that time. Uh, wh- what was your experience? Like, what did you enjoy? I mean, what did you get out of college soccer? I know you, like you said, you don't really like cause of the training regulations and the minutes and stuff. So what was your experience at San Diego state? I know, uh, some people would love to hear a little bit about the college experience. I, not, ju- not just athletically, yeah, everything yeah. else. No, as well. no, no.
1: I, I love San Diego state as a university going to school. um, I honestly like. I'll say this because it is true. I didn't technically graduate high school. Okay. I got because New Zealand high school is five years. I did four years, and then NCAA cleared me, and I just so I just dropped out. Wow. Which is technically still illegal. Um, if NCAA really cared, they
0: I wouldn't have been allowed in. Well, I mean, if, if I get millions of views, that could cause a problem. But now, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're safe right now. Yeah, yeah. The one view is going to be my parents and my, probably my wife. Danielle. <laughs> yeah, Danielle. There you go.
1: Um, but honestly, like, the group of guys, for the most part, were pretty good. Yeah. Um, pretty cool. Um, and I didn't love school. I didn't love the education. But there wasn't another school I would rather gone to. Yeah. Like, old people's experiences, everything that I have as I played with is not another school I would have gone to. Yeah. Um, and then soccer-wise, didn't love it, but it made me a hundred times better defender because we defended a lot. <laughs> we had a very defensive coach. <laughs> yeah. And for better or worse, it made me a better player. Like yeah. I don't love Lev in terms of his coaching style, he made me one hell of a defender, yeah. and I'll always, like, give him credit for that. And, like, MH as well, like Matt. I know I work with Matt now, and I love Matt, Um, and Matt helped that
0: a lot, too. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I think it was, I mean, for me, it was a, a definite experience that I did not ex- suspect or expect that would happen because growing up, obviously, the top 1% all go to D1, essentially, yeah. and you, I mean, you're the best on your club team, so... Me thinking I was the best going in yeah. and then you get all the other people who are the best, you're like what hard, is going on? no yeah. and I tell these kids all the day, uh all the time, like, it's the work you gotta put in. Like, me and you were not fit. But we were we were good defenders we, and yeah. we did well on the field. But nowadays it's getting even more cutthroat. Like you need to come in fit, you need to come in obviously working, grades. I mean you're you keep saying that you weren't very good in I don't know, I was good in school. I good just, at, I, did, I didn't like you it. You didn't I like it, I but you were I gifted in yeah. school. You can you can get things yeah. down quick. Um, but I mean, it it's Miss, a Miss Goodman, dude. Miss Goodman. Goodman. Yeah, Miss Goodman. Um, I, oh, I recommend her. I don't even know if she's still there. I recommend her to anyone I know that goes to San Diego well, State. So, dude,
1: because I'm trying to get my classes done again, I actually kind of wanted to look up if she's still there because yeah. I, might, I might have to do
0: an upper-division writing class. She was the best. If you're out there, Ms. Goodman, yeah. you Listening were the best. Yeah. somewhere if you, you were the best teacher that we could have possibly... We had, what, two years in a row, three years in a row?
1: Yeah, two semesters. Two,
0: two semesters, semesters. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, my and God. And we chose her to take her again. We literally <laughs> chose her. <laughs> yeah, and it's that crazy. was the greatest class, but um no it's it's tough man i mean balancing personal life um athletics and academics like it's tough and then we're always on the road remember that there was a point in time where we i think we were gone for like two weeks straight almost yeah, we, we came had back one for day, day back in school one day back in school remember yeah. that it was yeah. like we we went to i think northern yeah. california came back and then we went to right state we went to ohio and we, and
1: we left tuesday or something went yeah. to something
0: like that yeah but yeah it's 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 a grind so obviously you concluded your your four years or your three years sorry and then um you i think you were on the radar for a lot of teams i feel like you were far west recently no what so because i left early oh because
1: did. the when, the new like the way college was back then you had to be a senior or a ga oh to go to the to combine so right? to go to the drafts or well, yeah the actual mls combine so um cody who was the
0: can we explain it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah,
1: so you yeah, know Cody. Yeah, so Cody, who was a really good friend of mine, he coached me in New Zealand, um, and we kind of stayed in contact throughout that time. He was kind of like a mentor for me. He was the academy director at Surf. Um, so when I said I was going to leave, he was like, Okay, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know, dude. I want to go play pro. Like, I have <laughs> nothing. And so he took me down to Tijuana and we trained down there for two weeks with uh, the U-20 team, and I was driving across every morning, 7 a.m., driving Mm -hmm. back off the training. Um, Didn't work out there, and then we, he called a few people. Um, One of his friends, who was at the Galaxy at the time, said they're having this pre-MLS combine in Vegas, and he drove me out there, stayed with me. Um, There was five MLS teams there, and um, the way those combines work is probably fifty-five to sixty players that was there, and they'll put you in four teams, and you play every team. Mm. And the teams are coached by assistants of those teams. So, like, I was the Sounders were there, Galaxy were there, so their assistants are coaching those teams, and okay. then the general managers and coaches are watching. So, Dave Arno was the assistant at Houston at the time; he was my coach. it was him and then the igv assistant coach brett were the two coaches
0: i think i know brett yeah
1: um and i did really well played really well and i talked to davey after the last day and kind of told him my story a little bit and he was like don't like we'll see what we can do um so yeah i literally went back with cody um he made another couple of phone calls to some agents for me that he knew, um, and Kevin, who's my still my agent, has done a really good job for me, um, called Houston on my behalf and said, like, what do you think about Kyle? And they gave him a contract right away. He sent me his agent contract, signed that, and then within about two minutes sent over the official, like, RGV Houston contract. So it all happened pretty quickly there. Yeah. Um, figured out I was going to RGV, which I had no idea where the hell that
0: was. <laughs> well, we had played there before, but we were no, like... No, I know. But and, I think uh, when, we were, when we were there, like, they were just starting to, like, build different, like, um, apartments. And, and it, was, it was up and it, coming it, it a It still bit.
1: is. I mean, so right now, my, I actually met my fiancé there, and so... I'm there a lot now. Yeah. Um,
0: never thought you'd be back. Yeah, living
1: that t- <laughs> I lived there two and a half years, and I never thought I was going back. And then met Danielle, and now I'm back every Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah.
0: So. Um, no, that's cool. I think, I, th- I think it was it was meant to be. I remember you going to that combine and talking about like, hey, I, there's an opportunity, and you came back. Remember we went to that that restaurant, the vegan restaurant down in Mission Valley, and you told me that you got a contract. Mm, do you remember? Yeah, that? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, dude, I was so crazy, happy, for dude. You. No, it's crazy. I still, cash. I still
1: remember sitting in the kitchen table signing it. I had to, I had to go over to Cody's to print it out, drive back, sign it, and then <laughs> f- go back to his to scan it. To scan it over yeah, to him. Yeah. And
0: it's then crazy. so okay, we'll talk about that. Like signing that contract. How many? Like, what did you have to do to prepare to get out there? Were you immediately like having to leave to uh, RGV, or were you had a couple time or a couple? months to prepare a couple of weeks like what was so
1: it? I p- I think I signed that just before Christmas is that something right December. yeah I think it
0: was around December
1: um so preseason started like January 20th so I had like three weeks probably three weeks. um so kind of had to sublease the apartment
0: okay
1: went and lived live with Cody for a couple of weeks was training with like the surf academy and then packed up my life
0: and drove out there um they didn't send you any like, I don't know, pre workouts that you should have been doing. Like no, I mean they pro- they like, do. How do you come in fit? Like I mean,
1: well, it, they expect you to, and they do, but it's, I'll be honest with you, not a lot of guys do them. It, it they just do their own because everyone knows what they need to do to be fit. Um, and we were kind of lucky because RGV at the time was a Houston affiliate. We came in earlier than most USL teams come in. because they wanted us to train with Houston. Mm -hmm. Um, So it kind of gave us a little, instead of like a six-week preseason, it was an eight-week preseason. So it's a little more extra time to be prepared.
0: And what is preseason like in in that professional setting? Like, are you just running every single day? Are you training, running? Like, how does, because I I know college soccer, we had to do time trials, and that was probably the worst thing I've ever had to do in my life.
1: Houston 2020 was the only year I ever did a time run. Okay. And it was six minutes as far as you can. Other than that, could, because what they have the GPS now they, they can see if you're not running or not and they'll tell you to like go run afterwards. but normally it's just playing. I I don't think I've ever done running in an actual preseason. Really It's just after games like to top you up like because first week you'll train and then that first week you have a little a preseason game and you'll play 30 minutes. And then you'll do a little bit of running afterwards. And then the next week you play 45. You'll do a little bit of running, and until you hit 75, you'll run. So it's like 30, 45, 60, 75, and then you play at 90. Really? So you, that's slowly they'll top you up. Okay. But yeah, I, it's not a lot of running. I mean, it's a lot of running, but it's not running, running.
0: I remember going to watch you in Las Vegas, and I think you, you didn't play. I don't think no, that's I didn't the, play you, that you didn't game, play that yeah. game, right? And we were you had just had, like, a stint of, like, what, five or six games where you guys were yeah. doing very well. Yeah. Didn't play in Vegas. And then you did a little bit of running. I think you did, like, ten... Ten sprints. Ten sprints. Across the field, yeah. Across the fields, and it. that was it. Yeah. But you had some time to relax and in between. Yeah and, yeah, and And I think that's the biggest difference. Like, college soccer, that's, that's what really made me not like soccer. playing anymore is just the running, man. Like, I get, like, I felt like I was fit enough to play 90 to 110 minutes. I wasn't fit enough to run as much as some of these other athletes who are freakishly gifted in yeah. running, you know? And so I think that's what kind of killed my love a little bit. Um, I think also it's like we weren't
1: playing a lot. Yeah. Like, think about a college season. It's three months, three and a half months, and then you get, what, two months in the spring? Yeah. And then, like, some people go play in the summer. Like, it's not a lot of soccer, so it's like...
0: Yeah. So you're you're for the full year. What is, what is that? What are you going to do, fall and spring? play the full uh, college season right
1: as long as there's not like breaks like I, I'm for that yes but I think it has to be done right yeah
0: I think it was just hard I mean uh, times we were playing Friday Sunday yeah. and you're playing Stanford on a Friday night yeah. getting absolutely battered destroyed, destroyed yeah. and then having to go play Cal on a Sunday at 1pm yeah. when yeah. it's like 80 degrees yeah. or whatever you know yeah, yeah. Like, it's tough on a rock hard track field <laughs> on a rock hard track field yeah um so, I mean, you you signed a contract, you're, you're in the preseason. How does... I mean, did you come in starting right away for RGV or was it kind of like... I did a, start
1: right away. I okay. wouldn't say that was the plan.
0: Okay.
1: Um, the They had four center backs that year and Connor Donovan was one of them mm. and he'd just come off an MLS deal and then the other one was there the year before and then... The Other one had USL experience, so I was like literally the only unexperienced USL player. And I and Houston brought me in and I think kind of told RGV to push me along a
0: little bit, yeah.
1: Uh, um, is that because
0: you're left-centered, uh, left-footed? That, but player? they
1: also invested a little bit of money into me by like paying for my green card, and, okay. Um, I think they saw more of an upside maybe than yeah. some of the other players. Um, so I started and I did well, and then. We had an injury at left back, and then I got thrown at left back. And I, I think I played my first year, that year, 25 games, and I think 12 of them were left back.
0: I remember watching so, you on the TV. Yeah, it was not fun playing left back in Texas. it
1: was uh, 110 degrees? Yeah, I was, yeah, was definitely a stay-at-home left back at that point.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, That's cool. And then, so, you signed your deal. Obviously, no more school. What is a day in the life of a pro athlete when, after, I mean, obviously preseason, you're probably doing two days, you're yeah. recovering. Like, what is no, a day in the life during not the season? No two days. No two days? No no oh, okay. I did, well.
1: did two days twice last year at RSL. That was the only first and only time I ever done a
0: two-a-day. Really? Yeah. Okay. So then what is what is your typical day like when? In preseason or pre-season, in general? Preseason and then in season. It,
1: it's the same, honestly. So it's like right now, say my day is from wake up. Yeah. Wake up, five fifty. Uh, make coffee. Go for a walk with my dog for like thirty minutes.
0: And that hasn't changed. That, that has not changed. changed. No, no, no.
1: I've literally all walked, through college since the day I got my dog. I've walked my dog every morning for thirty minutes.
0: <laughs> thirty <laughs> minutes every day. It's, it
1: kind of wakes me up. It's more like a wake up than a. And I love my dog, so like I'll always
0: see. I shower for thirty minutes. That's how I wake up. <laughs>
1: um, and then. I'll drive to the training facility which is right now is like 30 minutes eat breakfast with the team and then we have a team meeting 9 o'clock I think Um, and then do like some foam rolling stretching, activation and then train from like 10 to 11.30 on Tuesday Wednesdays we have gym so that goes for like another 30-40 minutes and then have lunch and then drive home and then Right now, I coach a little bit in the afternoons, a couple, one or two days a week. Um, I just chill. It's a lot, of, a lot of being bored. A lot of downtime. Yeah, you have to take care of your body. So I play PlayStation some days, watch a little bit of TV, take Evie for another walk. <laughs> um, last year, I played a lot of golf. Right. So like Sam, who's my best friend on the team, we got into golf and we were playing two to three days a week. So that was the afternoons a lot. Um, Danielle was not happy. <laughs> but <laughs> no, you're gone all the time. And but at least, at least I wasn't getting into trouble.
0: That's true. That's true. I mean, that's. A, I mean, in the professional environment, I feel like they trust you enough to take care of yourself and, yeah. and make sure you're doing the right things. I know.
1: Yeah. There's, there's still guys that will get into like turn up, hangover a game to not games to trainings the next day, but it's it's a lot less than in college.
0: Yeah, but it's also expected you're going to go perform you know like yeah you can't yeah. do that every practice because no, yeah. i mean they're investing the money into yeah. you and you have that's your job i mean if i yeah. did that i'd be in trouble yeah. but that's cool and then um so what what is the biggest difference i know i know we're gonna get into your other clubs that you played for but what is the biggest difference from the professional game besides like the scheduling and, and everything else the professional game and the college game like tactically um physically technically what is the biggest difference like that you have experienced and that you've seen. I mean, I know you played at the MLS level yeah, and yeah. everything else. So from USL, MLS, what's the biggest difference? From college to USL to MLS? College to USL to MLS. What's the biggest difference?
1: I think it's the best. Imagine like the best player in co- one college team. That's the players I'm making in the USL or MLS. It's funny though, because the guys that I talked to at Stan- from Stanford that have, I've played with and we've played against many times and got smashed many times. (laughs) Those guys think USL is almost level because they're training with like five or six of those guys go pro at real. So that's almost a pro level. But for us, it was a big step up in terms of physically being switched on mentally all the time. And then just like I'm still learning like things that I think are simple Mm. in the game like ball speed and stuff like that. It's still like this year – from playing at San Diego Loyal, I'm still like, I I'm the hit passes sometimes. Mm-hmm. But that's just because of like the clubs that I've been at I haven't been that good. Yeah. So, um, and then I think the biggest thing from USL to MLS is I think most USL, a lot of USL players can play at the MLS level in terms of their actual quality. Like on their best day, they are no problem in the MLS. They cannot do their best day. They'll do that best day twice a season. Yeah. So the MLS guys are just always consistent, always being there at like a 7 or an 8, 9 every day, every game, where USL guys cannot, like, match that consistency.
0: Yeah. That's, uh, that's what I would say. I think the consistency day in and day out to come out and be at your best is yeah. probably the hardest thing. It's, and then, it's hard, yeah. I mean, obviously I was not one of the best college players, but, like, you're sore. You're tired. Yeah. There's a lot of other factors. Girlfriend broke your heart. Like, yeah.
1: only, honestly, it's it's a hard thing to and deal with.
0: I think balancing that stress at the collegiate level doesn't really prepare you for the professional level no. in a sense because yeah. I'm sure some of our guys at San Diego State could have been a pro yeah. in a different environment with different factors that, that could yeah. you know change their way that they train, the way that they probably eat. Yeah. I know for me, I would have probably been a little bit more fit in a different environment because yeah. you would have more time to get fit as opposed to worrying about school. I I was working, I was coaching at the yeah. time too, so it was just so many different factors that play into obviously how you come out every single day. You yeah, know. Yeah. Um. So obviously you're at RGB for how many years? Were you at two RGV. years? Two years, years. Two years. And then from there, you went to Houston. Houston. And then half RGB. Half RGB. Yeah. And then from there, went to Monarchs. Monarchs. Yeah. Spent a year or two at Monarch. Just one. One year. How is that transition from RGV, which is hot yeah. as heck, to Salt Lake, where it's snowing and freezing?
1: Yeah, in Salt Lake, it, you get 280 days of sun. That's a fact, apparently. Okay. I've been told. So it's okay. a lot of sun, so it's it's cold in the winter, but it's it's sunny, okay. which is nice. Um, and then and the sun is beautiful. It's like 95, 100 degrees in the mm. in the mountains though, but. So in between my RGV and Houston year, Cody moved to Salt Lake. So oh. I went and lived with him there. So I got to experience that for three months. Um, and then when I got released by Houston, it was kind of like, we want to have you, like, let's make this work. Um, so I told Danielle that we were moving out there, and she was a little hesitant at first, as she was coming here. Mm-hmm. Um but it, we loved it. We loved our time there. Mm-hmm. Cody was my assistant coach, and that was a weird dynamic, going from best friend to assistant coach, <laughs> back to best friend now. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we loved it there. And honestly, if things maybe had gone differently, like we could have seen out spending the
0: rest of our lives there, really? like the rest
1: of my career there. Really? Yeah, we really loved it.
0: Ah. I haven't I haven't visited enough to to say. I'm not a big fan of the snow it's fun to visit i couldn't live in it like shoveling yeah, snow
1: yeah but the, it honestly melts pretty quick so like at least in salt lake okay so like it will snow and you have like six inches overnight and then it could like the roads are clean the footpaths are clean and okay. it's like gone within a couple of days if it doesn't snow again really
0: all so. right and then from there so after the year year there come to San. well did you have any other offers from monarchs after that season or did you already have your heart and set on San Diego Royal?
1: So I had a few teams. Uh, Tampa was one of them. But um, the assistant coach, Joel, last year at Monarchs, he was is very close with the assistant coach here um, at San Diego, Nate. Um, so they kind of talked to me and then created that connection. Um and then with my brother being here and just knowing San Diego yeah. I was kind of it was easy to make that decision yeah. and I kind of I I talked to Landon and he kind of talked about it, the vision for the club and the direction and I wanted to be a part of the project so
0: it's hard so, it's hard to pass up San Diego when you have a yeah, chance yeah to, to I place. mean
1: yeah it's expensive though man it's expensive to live here like yeah. Tampa
0: it's uh no state
1: tax, right? Yeah, that. But like, Tampa's beautiful too. Like, we played them the other year, and um, it's a little different, obviously, to San Diego, but it's still beautiful. Yeah. Um, but I think Danielle was not too keen on Florida. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Happy
0: wife, happy life. Happy yeah. life no, honestly, you know?
1: we went through all the teams yesterday about maybe like if there's anywhere else like I could be, and there was not another team that place that she'd want to go to. Yeah. so...
0: And then so. Obviously you're San Diego Loyal now. What has been the biggest difference between all three clubs? Like has it been a significant change from tactics I mean, working under Landon Donovan, yeah. for those who don't know, is obviously a US soccer legend. Um, how has it been working underneath him and getting to know him a little bit more and pick his brain? I know he's a he's a forward obviously, so are you able to get any insight on what forwards are kinda of thinking a little bit more? Or are you like uh. how, how has it been?
1: I really love Landon Mm -hmm. um, a lot as a person and as a coach. Um, I think he's very understanding um, because he's obviously been there and done that at a high level, very high level for a long time. Um, And, yes, he is a great person, great person to talk to about anything. And he will tell you all the dumb shit he's done in his life. (laughs) It's, yeah, he's really open, and, like, he'll tell you stories where he made wrong decisions, got drunk, whatever it is. Like, it's really, really funny.
0: Really? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like... I mean, from an outsider looking yeah. in, he's, like, quiet, reserved, doesn't... That, he, it he, he is like, like
1: that, but so, like, I've sat next to him on a plane. When it was... What trip was that? Oh, when we flew from here to Dallas before the RGV game. We sat next to each other, and we just talked for two hours, like about rugby growing up in new zealand about his childhood growing up like wife kids everything really? um and then in the airport you just have little conversations and he'll tell you like drunken stories and it, yeah it's honestly, that's cool that's really cool that
0: relationship you know Yeah. that's cool and then um tactically how is he as a coach i mean i think you guys sandy have done a fantastic job emerging in the usl and doing very well in the west and Hopefully you guys make a deep run to the U.S.L. Championships, but like, what is what is his tactics? I know they, they bring in top players that they're, they're spending a lot of money for some of these players. Um, I know it was a Kyle um, uh, yeah. forward from England, and yeah. um, Alejandro Guido obviously is a top top player in the U.S.L. So what what is some of the tactics that that he implores with his team?
1: So I think his lately it's been. Uh... Be a, his biggest thing is be a good, like, human being. Really? And that I think that means a lot, and both on and off the field, um, like represent the city well, and then uh, just reactions. That's his biggest thing is I don't care if you make a mistake, just react well. And he'll literally sit there at training and just yell, react, react, react. Oh. Um, Nate, the assistant coach, does probably more of the tactical coaching side. Nate, uh, Landon comes in and gives a little – like, do this, do that, like, personally, yeah. one-on-one, but Nate does the big-picture tactics. Um, I think the biggest thing is we don't care how other teams play, where both the teams have been on the that's all they've cared about more. So, like, we have our own specific game model, and we'll tweak it slightly to, like, if a team plays with three at the back, four at the back, five at the back, but we know who we are and what we do, and that's what we're going to try and do every game. Where last year and then at RGV, it was much more adapting to other teams. Mm. Um, and obviously, like coaches like Jose Mourinho is very successful at doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been very enjoyable knowing this year that, like, this is
0: who we are, this is what we're going to do. I I enjoy that. Like I feel like as a coach, it doesn't matter who is on that other side of the field, but you play the way you know how to play, and obviously with the team with more heart and effort and is going to come out on top. Yep. I mean, I, obviously there's little tweaks in the game, but I don't like basically dictating my tactics on someone else when they could change that game too. Yeah. You know, you just yeah. that's cool, and it's also good to hear that he's he wants you guys to be good people first. And he cares about you guys as human beings, and yeah. not just soccer players. Because it's hard. I know um, we've talked, and I know the USL is usually one one or two year contracts. It's not very long term contracts like yeah. basketball or baseball. Um, so maybe kind of hard to build that relationship with players that are kind of indispensable.
1: Yeah, um, but I think they've done a really good job here. Like from the since the first year, I think there's still eleven, maybe ten guys still here. So oh, this, the, cool. this is their third year. I think they've done a really good job with that. And then something that we do is it's interesting because at the start I was like, what the hell are we doing? But <laughs> every second Tuesday we do, it's called Get to Know Your Tuesday. And a person is picked by the person who went the previous week mm. um, to give 5, 10, 20 minute like kind of like a life story about yourself. So you talk about, like, some hardships you've had, whatever it is. Some guys don't have any hardships, like. Yeah. um, And you just tell the whole team, the staff, about yourself. And um, something that, like Landon said, is it's easy not to like a person when you don't know them. Yeah. And to judge them. And it's once you know their story and why they made that decision or why they did that thing, it's a lot easier to understand.
0: Yeah. No, I I actually really like that because, I mean like you said, you don't know what someone else has gone through yeah. to get to where they going through or going through at the or time. Going yeah. It at the time. Yeah. yeah I mean some people don't have hardships, but the other person may be fighting for a contract for his family that he has to provide for you yeah. know and that's that's actually really nice to hear that he does that at San Diego Loyal and he's representing the community very well. Yeah. Um, I know you mentioned a little bit about coaching. Um, can you talk about where you're coaching, or you, do you want to wait on? Yeah, that? no,
1: no. I mean, I just do private coaching. It's like right now, it's just a little bit of private coaching. I'm planning on getting my B license at the end of the year, so hopefully, you're so lucky. <laughs> you're so lucky. <laughs> that will uh, that will go through, and then um, maybe maybe look at getting into
0: some more serious coaching once I get that. But how has coaching helped you? As co- has coaching helped you um, with your game? Because I know for me, when I started coaching, I started thinking about. 11 players on the field as opposed to just myself and it really opened my mind to like different parts of the game that I could have hopefully um, brought into my own game but I was already retired at that time but
1: Um, I mean for me it's like private coaching it's just easy drills it's not Mm -hmm. really anything Um, I do do a lot of things that I did with my dad growing up so it's like kind of full circle for me on that (laughs) but I think sitting with Cody watching game, like his youth team games and stuff like in the last few years that really changed my view um on how the games played and like at that next level but just because like I feel like as you know like at Olave I got a, we were very much like San Diego where it's this is how we play this is what we do and then at San Diego State it was run gun kick people harder than they kick you and we'll win the game kind of thing Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's like seeing that next like progression of like, this is what we do. This is how soccer like should be played. Um, so it's nice to see.
0: And then how's it working with Matt Hall again?
1: Oh, I love MH. Uh, Um, he's a pretty quirky guy, (laughs) but he is the, he is the first person I ever met on my official visit and showed me around campus back in July, 2014. So it's kind of crazy, full circle now that we're back to the other.
0: Yeah. Working. Was he? Together. Did he have any influence on you getting to San Diego, or was he just kind of like? No, I, I mean, know he's kind of like on the oh, no, we, reserve. You know, not going to get involved. He's going to yeah, do his job. Yeah. Not, not get involved too much. Um, we texted a little bit, but no, not too much, honestly. You no, know, I know. I was uh, when I went to the, the last game. Landon was obviously walking by. Everyone's going crazy. Sandra asked Landon to hold Eli and yeah. take a picture. And I was like, I don't think he wants to do that. Yeah, yeah. He took a picture. And I was like, okay, that's pretty no, cool. It,
1: dude, he'll take a photo of anyone, anywhere.
0: But then I was like, hey, ask MHV if, he, uh, if he's going to come out or not. I want a signature. And he, he laughs. He's like, wait, what's your name? And I told him. But yeah, yeah. I'm like, he's like, you play at San Diego State? I'm like, yeah, I play at San Diego State. <laughs> but you know, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously, it's been great. I, you've done very very well for yourself in the USL and MLS and um, I love watching you play I love going to your games and how long do you think this is kind of going off what we were talking about yeah. how long do you think you have playing and then after playing do you have a plan because I know for me it was kind of hard it was hard for me to stop playing because my whole life I thought I want to be a pro I know there was probably a few years where I was like I don't know what I'm going to do with myself And it's, it's, I mean, eye opening to jump into the real world and have to figure it out, you know? So do you have a plan? How many more years do you, do you hope you can, and then you hope you can get to, and then do you have a plan after? So ultimately it depends on my body.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I've been very lucky that I haven't had really any injuries. Um, Knock on wood. Yeah. Um... I would like to play 400 games at some point.
0: 400 games? So I'm
1: at 100 right now, and I kind of worked it out. There would be close to another 10 like ten years. Okay. That'll
0: put you at 34, 35. Or 35?
1: Yeah. So 35. If I can get to 36, I'd be pretty happy. Okay. Um, I have been told by coaches around me that if I really take care of my body and the way I play... I could play a long time. I think
0: so. You take care of everybody very well. (laughs) No, no,
1: but that, but like the way I play, like the style,
0: like read the ball. Yeah, you read the ball very well. You read the headers very well. You're not going into vicious tackles. Like you're really smart. Okay, I I could see that. So that
1: could like help prolong that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, so I'm trying to get my licenses. I think that as coaching is what I want to do. I don't know yet. Okay. Um, We'll see. I have got like, potential offers at some point to co- uh coach start coaching so we'll see um you're gonna go back to school or are you going back to school i, I don't know don't know i don't know <laughs> i think i would like to just to get it done yeah um
0: I feel like it'd but be a it's it's it's, it's no
1: rush to me it no. it's doesn't matter um if it happens, it happens. Yeah, um, but I think I, I
0: think it'd be a good accomplishment because that's what you—that's what your mom wanted you to come do. And
1: yeah, but but as soon as I <laughs> as soon as I went pro, I don't think she cared too much. I think she wanted me to try. Yeah, to Yeah, okay, with. that's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, don't
0: you have like one more
1: year? <laughs> yeah, I have like thirty-five units or something like that. Yeah, dude, not a lot. You can do that, dude. But yeah, but that's like the thing I don't want to. Like I'm not gonna do full time, so that's like no, yeah, that's true. It's that's two, gonna, maybe it's two to three years, two years two of part time. Years. That's true. That's true. And that's like when you start mapping out two to three years of your life, like that would be a 28 part time.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know if I want to still be doing <laughs> part time three <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah, we'll see
0: down the road. You're gonna be probably bored coaching. You no, know, I mean, you'll, you'll probably want to do something. Yeah. But yeah, that's cool, man. And then uh, before we obviously end this podcast, it's obviously been great to have you. And you're obviously a dear it. friend of mine. And I wanted you to be the first one to. Uh, be a part of this and kind of get the kinks out and then not be as nervous talking. Yeah, yeah. But I really want you to talk about your athlete ally and, and the things that you do well, not only on the soccer field, but on in the community as well. Um, you've been a part of it for five years um, and I want you to talk a little bit about it so hopefully those who are listening are able to obviously participate and get the word out there a little bit more because I, I think it's a fantastic thing you do every year. So... Um, It started off
1: as, like, they called it Playing for Pride. It still is called Playing for Pride, but the money goes to Athlete Ally. Um, So there's 50 to 100 USL, MLS, NWSL players that do it every year, and it's in June. Um, And we kind of just put... A total so like for me this year it's $10 every game I play in June $15 every win and $20 every clean sheet and then we reach out to fans and see if they'll match that and help donate with us and the money goes to um LGBTQ plus initiatives in the community to help like I guess sports um and inclusion in sports in that community um so, I'm not sure where the money's gone this year. Honestly, that's not very good of me. But um, it always goes to a good cause, and uh, I think last year they raised hundred thousand dollars between the all the players. Um, and it's something for me that I'll always like keep doing the rest of my life. Um, I have family, friends that are in that community, and me growing up, I would hate. To know there was a kid that I played with that didn't want to play because like yeah. words being said or it wasn't inclusive, mm-hmm. um, and even <clears> my <throat> kids growing up mm-hmm. when that time happened. So, um, I think sports is for all, and like you learn so many great lessons through sports. So Absolutely. I would hate for people not to be want to do that because we weren't inclusive in yeah, yeah. group. So
0: and you build some of the 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 best relationships through sports yeah. and like you said the greatest lessons so um, I'm going to post that on my description and it's, on it's, Instagram. In my, it's in my bio
1: though. in your bio yeah. I'm going
0: I'm to post it on um, yeah. underneath all the description of this podcast I'm going to post it on YouTube as well and um, try to obviously get it out there um, and appreciate help the that. cause as much as I can I'm that. sure this podcast will be <laughs> be uploaded here pretty soon yeah, but yeah. Um, hopefully well, we're still going to be in June by the time this is uploaded so hopefully we can donate a little bit appreciate that but Kyle always a pleasure appreciate i appreciate it. you coming to the shop
1: thank you dude um it's a joy being here
0: this won't be the last time he's here <laughs> i swear he's gonna be on here yeah, get
1: me here in the off season we are <laughs> have a few drinks yeah so. exactly
0: <laughs> i know he he thing. had to have water like i said Modelo. every podcast Go training in the morning bright and had to, early had to come with the uh san diego loyal scarf represent team scarf but uh yeah so that's uh that's the end of this podcast so we'll see you guys next time all right